When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. May I have your attention, please? You need passion. You need desire. You need want. We play with that passion. We play together. We play for each other. And we play to win. We are Notre Dame. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated International. JP McGrath and reporter Len Clark here to recap Notre Dame's 45-14 victory over the Stanford Cardinals in Palo Alto on Saturday night. Len, such is the hard life of following an 11-1 team, 11-win team, I should say, but it's funny to have a little bit of frustration towards a game where the Irish win by 30-plus point, points and mount to over 500 yards of total offence and, as mentioned, go 11-1. But it feels good to have such... Lofty expectations for a team that has completely exceeded all preseason projections of where this team will finish. 11 and 1. Unfortunately, the luck of the Irish wasn't with us on Saturday as some other results didn't go our way, uh, moving the Irish down to number six in the AP poll and likely to remain at that spot when the penultimate CFP rankings come out on Tuesday. But we'll save all that playoff talk towards the back end of the show. Len, your thoughts on this victory on Saturday night? Well, Notre Dame accomplished what they wanted to to do, and that was to win at Stanford. Now, that was a game I was a little leery of going in, but I knew it was either going to be a blowout or a very close game. And Notre Dame really make it academic in the first half, you know, uh, 24-0 at the half. And Jack Cohn looked very good out there, all facets of the game. But once again, it was the defense that really rose to the occasion. The only downside was that consecutive quarters of scoreless defense uh, was uh, kind of put, uh, put away as uh, Stanford just scored 14 points against the Fighting Irish. But now we just need to sit back and find out where everything lays. But Notre Dame got what they uh, ex- expected to do, and that was come up with an 11-1 season. I think Len had some uh, some bad memories of some recent Stanford losses because he texted me after that. They scored that second that second touch on the inception. He went, I feel nervous. And I told Len, it's okay. This team's still good. <laughs> he keeps worried about that 2015 game and, and other terrible games um, out there. But, I mean, that's now... Three wins in a row, two back-to-back now in Palo Alto, so hopefully getting over that that hoodoo. But yeah, I think I think it was you wanted to see more of the ground game, especially in the first half. I mean, Stanford did kind of sell their souls to completely stop the run, but 
Kyron only averaging about 3.9 yards a carry. I think it was about two and a half in the first the first half. I guess you're being selfish. You kind of want to see some backers go for over 100 yards games. And I think it was more annoying to give up that touchdown record. You know, I wanted to completely shut them out and, and show the dominance um, because that street record is something you can show to the committee to why you should be in the top four. But still a lot more positives. And uh, I think Michael Mayer, which we'll get onto in a second, was absolutely excellent on Saturday. Though. I thought Notre Dame would run the ball more to control the clock. And as you said, Kyron Williams, you know, he was the leading rusher, I think, around. Let me take a look real quick at the uh, yards. So Kyron Williams with 19 rushes and 74 yards, a couple of touchdowns. But it was Tyler Buckner who came in. And on his first play from scrimmage, he runs 33 yards and becomes the second leading rusher on the Fighting Irish Club. So it was a tough night, I think, for running the ball, but they got the job done. It was more of the passing game that really opened up the Stanford defense for Notre Dame to exploit. But uh, I think that's something that Notre Dame will need to work on uh, between now and possibly the CFP or a bowl game is to really get that run game going. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting because they kept they threw the ball so much in the first half and it's not a bad thing. Jack Turner had a great stat line, 26-35, 345 yards, two touchdowns. And of course that pick where he, he just kind of forces it to Michael Mayer, but I kind of understand why he why he did because Mayer was just on fire. But then they bring Butner out and they they kind of only seem to sort of just like run it with him. There's no sort of like design sort of long, long-winded pass plays. Is that because he just doesn't know the playbook or they're trying not to not show opponents next year? You know, the Ohio State game at the start, not a lot of tape on him now as a passer, but it's interesting that they kind of just use him as this kind of gimmicky run game role and don't let him pass the ball because we know he can sling it, man. Well, you know, it could be a number of different things. One, we do know that he is struggling throwing the ball. Uh, secondly of all, I think uh, him running the ball will just give him more confidence in, in running the offense. And just knowing that he is another weapon, along with the Kyra Williams or Chris Tyree in the backfield, and, you know, just having that, that to have a, a defense prepare for. And so I think uh, just continuing to practice and get that, that, that throwing game going for him. But that's the only downside I see of a Tyler Buckner. He's got great speed, as he showed in the Stanford game, going in for a touchdown. Uh, very athletic. And uh, we know that this is going to be his ball club next year. And uh, I think there are some things that he knows he needs to work on. But right now it's just about winning games. And we know if, if Notre Dame can win games behind Tyler Buckner, it will be his run game. Mm, yeah, and Jack Cohn, I saw a stat put out by Pro Football Focus, uh, 83.8 passing yards rating since um, uh, uh, this year um, uh, through Week 12, and that's now the highest of any Notre Dame starting quarterback since 2014, I believe. So you've got to give some congratulations to Jack Cohn. His leading receivers, Kevin Austin, was great. Six receptions, under 25 yards. But Michael Mayer, nine catches, now setting... Um, the single season record in receptions. And this is a, a year where he missed he missed two games, game and a half, maybe. I know he definitely missed one. Yeah, he missed some games. And, he missed some uh, games and he's setting records. And it's and it's not just him as a receiver because we all know he is an excellent receiver and his athleticism, but the, the blocking. I mean, we all saw that pancake block on, on the touchdown, his understanding of holes and zones and where to exploit them. We've kind of been speaking all year about Kyron Williams in, in terms of where he ranks in, in terms of Notre Dame running backs, but where is Michael Mayer going to rank in terms of all-time Notre Dame tight ends? Because there's been some great tight ends that have come through there, but even Brian Kelly recognised he might be the best one they've ever had. Well, it depends if Michael Mayer stays. Now, he I think he alluded that he's got another year of eligibility. I think he's only a sophomore, but... I think, I think he he's have, a sophomore. He yeah. should have two years of eligibility, but we know he's going to be gone. And I think that really hurts 
uh, who is the best of all team. Usually it's, it, it's a player who is there for four years, contributes to a national championship and, and walks out with big records. But Michael Mayer's already done that in a couple of years. And if he goes to the pros, people will understand why. But uh, yeah, he's just the all around package. And in the postgame, Brian Kelly was asked about Michael Mayer being left off of the Mackey list, which is the award at the end of the year for the best tight end. And, you know, Brian Kelly just said, hey, I can't tell you why, but you know, they just don't know who Michael Mayer is. Michael Mayer was asked about it. He doesn't care. He knows that he's a good tight end. You know, what's another trophy on the trophy shelf? The most important one is the national championship. Yeah, I think he took it in great stride, but but in some ways, JP, it, it kind of shows you a little bias against Notre Dame. You know, you hate to say that, but there are a lot of people out there that don't want to see Notre Dame dominate, even though Notre Dame hasn't won a national championship in over 30 years. It's just that bias because they're an independent school. They think that uh, they, they are privileged and the rules don't apply to them. And so you're, you're going to see that kind of stuff, whether it's being a player left off of a an awards list at the end of the year. But the best thing to do to quiet critics is to find a way to get in the college football playoff and then win a national championship. And I think if they can do that, then it opens up where you have to recognize the players for who they are and give them the hardware. Yeah. And I, th I think that that bias, which we'll talk about, comes into definitely the, the, the playoff football rankings because I've got some comments to make about that but yeah it was great to see kind of Michael Mayer just just shove it off and the same with Karen Williams I mean I, I don't know how this um this guy hasn't hasn't been nominated for any major awards in a year where she's had to share a lot of the backfield with with Chris Syrie at the start and then loading digs and recently Audrey Kestame and also has Tyler Butler as a runner you know he's not um getting the getting he's not the primary bracket I mean he is but he's still sharing he's still he's he's only getting about 15 carries a game and he's sharing with other guys so I mean, that's another conversation for another time. But on the defensive side, I mean, the first half was was unbelievable. <laughs> I think it was holding Tanner McKee to, to nine passing yards, um, which is... 47 uh, yards total offense in the first whatever. half, and that just in, incredible. And the only down part was Bo Barrow being caught for targeting and yeah. uh, being gone for the rest of the game, and then they will lose him in the, the first half of uh, the bowl game. I think, I, think, I think they don't, because I think it's you lose him in the first half and he got it in the second half. So I think they're going to have them in the first half. I think that's the way the rule works. So I think that was a super penalty. But yeah, it was the Adam Miller brothers who were who were excellent. I thought. Um, and then again, 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 sort of having the Georgia Tech game, they kind of bring some underclassmen in the second half, and it's annoying to give up those fourteen points. Um, Xavier Watts, the converted wide receiver to safety, kind of got those angles mixed up. But listen, I'm not going to I'm not going to harper on on the on the guys. It's quite amazing how before the season, then we would have said. Nine and three would be a really great year. Maybe get to ten wins, and this team finishes eleven and one with their best loss, with their loss to Cincinnati, who are going to be in the top four um, unless they lose on the weekend. And that is a game where if Notre Dame play it now with the team they have, after sorting out the offensive line, I think they can win that game or at least be a lot more competitive than they were in the first game. So it's been a, another super successful season even if we don't manage to sneak into the playoffs it's still been a great season for the Irish now I think it will be a disappointing year if the fighting Irish do not get into a top four spot you take a look at Brian Kelly going undefeated for a couple of seasons I think this is his best job this was supposed to be a rebuilding year as you said nine and three would have been a good year for the fighting Irish but it's been the next man mentality it's been players like a Michael Mayer and a Kyron Williams who just make everybody else around them much better. Just take a look at Braden Lindsay and how he has done. Uh, take a look on the defense. 
on how players like uh, J.D. Bertrand, who have risen to the occasion, have had an effect. Uh, uh, Isaiah Foskey being put into the right role in the Marcus Freeman screen, making uh, Justin Adamola a better uh, pass rusher. And it, it, I think this has been the best Notre Dame coaching job in some years. And it will be a disappointment if they do not get into the college football playoff. If they don't, there is speculation right now. It could be Michigan State in the Fiesta Bowl because Ohio State, because of their marquee, would be taken by the, the Rose Bowl. Uh, but, you know, the football calculus we played out this weekend, Notre Dame cannot control it. So we just need to sit back and, you know, hopefully a little luck of the Irish, but Notre Dame accomplished everything that they needed to do. You can't take that away from them. They finished 11 and one. They're getting stronger. You talked about strength of schedule and what other teams are playing. I think that needs to be taken into consideration by the college football playoff committee. But I think if you just take a look at the, the play of Notre Dame, it will be hard to keep them out. And it'll be interesting tomorrow when the CFP poll comes out, if they're going to be leapfrogged by Oklahoma state, which they Oklahoma state did in the AP poll. And you have to scratch your head, you know, what's going on with that. Well, it's really, it's really interesting because I think if it was Michigan winning quite exceptionally, um, I feel a bit stupid now last week. I said, there's no way they're going to win. And then they come out and, and look great, but listen, fair play to them and Alabama somehow winning that game. I think just making us wait another week. Um, but this, there's one loss teams now, so you need to look at the two things as, as strength and schedule and best loss. And Notre Dame is the best one-loss team and had the second-hardest strength of schedule going to pro football focus this year. It will come down to whether the committee values an Oklahoma State team with a conference championship and maybe the best win against Oklahoma in the Bedlam game. But looking at Oklahoma State's schedule, which you should do, because the Big 12 is, is, a, is a terrible conference um, now with, with Oklahoma and, and Texas going to be losing. So Oklahoma State, they beat Missouri State by a touchdown, Tulsa by five, Boise State by one, and then lost to a seven and five Iowa team. And they got good towards the end and had, had two big wins over TCU and Texas Tech, but they both fired their coaches uh, immediately prior and after in respective cases. So it goes back to what you said about the Mackey. Well, people just don't want Notre Dame in the playoffs. And uh, it's depressing because they are one of the best players and one of the best teams, I should say. Um, if it, it, it feels like the committee needs to start ranking obviously Wisconsin losing on the weekend didn't help but I don't know why Purdue aren't ranked higher than they should be and Mississippi State are it's almost like they just want Mississippi State to be up there to make Alabama feel better but I think the interesting point to make is Notre Dame have done this without their best player Kyle Hamilton for, for, for nearly half the season now a top five pick how many of these teams like Michigan would fare with, without the likes of Aiden Hutchinson or a, a Georgia without Jordan Davis this has all got to come into it. It's 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 not just, oh, well, Notre Dame are in the conference. They shouldn't be in there. Well, they play a harder schedule than most of these teams. They've been blowing out these teams. Their defense looks great and their offense has completely transformed since the since the first week rose. So, I mean, it's tough. It's frustrating. But like you said, Len, you just got to bide your time now and hope for a few a few dominoes to fall your way. Well, what's ironic is Kyle Hamilton made, a, a, you know, all you know, all, one of the best safeties list in the country. So he could actually win that award without even playing half the games. <laughs> but, you know, I think the other reason is, you know, they're going to have to restructure the college football playoff in the near future. But I think this is really pressure on Notre Dame to join a conference mm -hmm. and to get rid of that independent nature. I'd like to stay independent. It opens up that national schedule because Notre Dame is a national school. You want to play USC. You want to play Navy. You want to play around the country. If you do that and do a conference, uh, it will be much tar harder to do. It'll be more parochial, but 
hey, Notre Dame was in the conference last year, they're ACC conference champions, and they can't take that away from them. You know what I mean? <laughs> The thing with if if they say okay go and join the ACC, we look at the two best teams in the ACC this year, Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. Notre Dame completely batters those teams, and a lot of the ACC teams are the, 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 a lot of the schools are kind of basketball orientated. Most of those stadiums are, are half empty. The st- the schedule was hard this year, even if people don't want to admit it, and people don't understand the the job that Brian Kelly's done replacing the all time winningest quarterback, offensive line, defensive guys. If you want to say this next year, next year you got Ohio State in Columbus, you got USC now at Lincoln Riley, and you got Clemson coming to town. So I hope this argument is you're telling me that's a harder schedule than some of these SEC teams who are playing FCS teams. It's just not. It's just absolutely not a harder schedule. So brutal. It's brutal. And maybe next year will be a rebuilding year. But we know that, you know, Brian Kelly and the coaching staff, they're out on the road right now recruiting. Uh, the next couple of years look very bright, but once again, uh, an 11 and one season in a year where they were expected to be nine and three, just Notre Dame took care of business. Mm, they have. And uh, that wraps up the year, Len. Uh, a crazy year. Uh, I know Thanksgiving was, was last week, but I want to give a shout out to, to Len Clark. Um, Len took a complete punt on me uh, six months ago when uh, he decided to open up this. And a uh, few nerves at the beginning, a few times where I stumbled on my words, but uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this year Len and I want to say a big thank you to you well, we're not done we're not done we're not done but the regular season's done and uh, I think yeah. we'll be back again probably next Tuesday after that last playoff ranking comes out to react to that because obviously no games this um this weekend and we'll kind of have a, a wrap-up and hopefully a, a big bowl game but um Len it's been a it's been a great year thank you very much go Irish go Irish as always Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.